and it has been way too long since I was last able to say it is time for Plan B, which means good afternoon, Rebecca Davis. Good afternoon, John, and what a delight to hear your dulcet tones once again. Are they still dulcet? Very much so. You know who else has dulcet tones? It's Freddie Mercury. Have you yet heard the rediscovered track? featuring Freddie Mercury from Queen, which was released this afternoon. I have heard it, and I will be playing it for my listeners just before 6 o'clock. I think it's a lovely story. Excellent stuff. Uh, The Business Day um, editorial today, Rebecca, has the headline, Only Credible Probe Will Resolve UCT Turmoil. And I have been enjoying, well, not enjoying, that's the wrong word because it's uh, not a pretty picture, but I have been finding very valuable your recent reporting on the UCT turmoil. And turmoil, it certainly seems to be. It is turmoil. And I'm glad to discuss this on air, John, because there has been an attempt from parts of the media, certainly from supporters of the UCT Vice-Chancellor, Mamakete Pakeng, and the Chair of Council, Babawa Ngonyama. There's been an attempt to portray this as fundamentally a dispute about transformation. The narrative is that these are two black, strong black female leaders and that there are elements of UCT who are unhappy with being led by black, strong female leaders and who want to restore the status quo in which, you know, old white men rule the roost. This is simply not true. I mean, it just isn't. This is not a dispute about transformation. And it is very easy to prove this. The majority of the whistleblowers about the vice chancellor's interpersonal conduct have been people of color. The majority of the people who I know have been made to sign non-disclosure agreements, those are senior administrators at UCT, are people of color. The faction of the UCT Council, which has unsuccessfully been trying to raise governance concerns for a while, is totally diverse, both racially and politically. So I'm afraid the idea that this is fundamentally about race, it it will not fly, John. It absolutely won't. And, you know, it is a very effective technique. I personally have been accused of all sorts of things about racism, white supremacy, since I published an article on the UCT conflict. But it's not true. It just isn't. But what it is about, John, the situation, is something I strongly feel we don't pay enough attention to in this country, and that is abuse of power. I think that overwhelmingly as a society, we are focused on financial corruption, and for good reason. You know, that that is what is bringing us to our knees in many regards. And our investigative journalists as well are also hyper-focused on financial corruption. And so what that means is that other forms of wrongdoing, other forms of misgovernance, I think, often go unaddressed. I'm talking issues of bullying, for instance, intimidation. I'm talking procedures not being followed in the name of exerting power in ways that aren't illegal, but they are unprocedural, they are against the rules, they are against protocol, etc. And that is exactly what has been happening at UCT, it, it appears. You know, what is alleged there is that the Vice Chancellor Mamakheti Pakeng has effectively been running the administration, at least of UCT, as her own personal fiefdom. Allegedly, you know, rewarding favorites and pushing out those she doesn't like, etc. And that she has allegedly, again, been supported in this by the Chair of Council, Babawa Ngonyama. And here's a related thing I want to bring up, John. Babawa Ngonyama, the chair of the UCT Council, is a finance tycoon, right? She is a big cheese in the world of South African finance. 
She has sat on countless boards, been director of countless companies. Yet the behavior of both Ngonyama and Takeng since the story broke has been of people who have not so much as cast a glance at the UCT statute, at the rules governing UCT. Ngonyama's conduct has also been that of somebody who does not have the faintest idea, frankly, of what good governance is as the chair of a council. And this is what is mind-blowing because, as I said, this is somebody with extensive experience at the top of organizations, and that's really worrying. But my final point on this, John, is that since that article was published, I have been deluged by messages and emails from people saying, what, what you wrote about at UCT, that is happening in my institution. That this seems to be an endemic problem, these kinds of abuses of power, and that it seems particularly prevalent within, for whatever reason, educational institutions. I am following up on tip-offs about other universities, about elite schools, etc. This kind of thing is happening all the time. And it's interesting to speculate why. I mean, one obvious answer that comes to mind is that when we look towards the national leadership of this country, we do see so many instances of people not being at all interested in following protocol that perhaps the message we all receive is, why should any of us? Yeah, look, uh, I've I've interviewed Mama Kheri Pakeng on several occasions, and I've always found her a delight to interview, charming, intelligent, etc., etc., etc. But I, I also, I have... Um, Friends, close acquaintances who work at UCT who tell me the same things as your sources have been telling you. And as you have reported, issues with her, for want of a better phrase, management style have been around for a while from before she was appointed as VC. And for some reason, and I don't know at whom the finger should be pointed um, for this is, is that hasn't been dealt with. And so the situation is, it seems, has continued to sour. We can only hope that things reach a firm resolution because I think that many of us feel a particular anxiety about UCT because it is a very functional, very prestigious institution. And if that were to be allowed to fail, I mean, there are talks of putting UCT under administration. If that were to happen, and that is, you know, obviously very alarmist and dramatic, especially considering this week UCT actually rose in the international rankings, as we know But there is a sense that these institutions matter and that if they are seen to start sliding, many of us are going to feel extreme anxiety, I think, about the wider future of the country. And then on to the second topic, which is Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie and the degree to which it might begin to resemble um, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. And I want to preface this by telling you a story, Rebecca, that I I was at the Jeff Beck concert in Atlanta recently. And sitting behind me was a woman who was very excitedly telling people that Johnny Depp was going to be playing with Jeff Beck. And she was really excited to be seeing Johnny Depp on the stage. And she couldn't wait. And this went on. And everybody who sat anywhere near her, she said, we're going to be watching Jenny Johnny Depp tonight. And eventually I turned around to her and I said, Madam, I'm really, really sorry. But Johnny Depp only joins Jeff Beck later in his tour. Johnny Depp will not be on stage tonight. And she said, I drove all the way from North Effin, Carolina, and I'm not going to see Johnny Depp. And she got up and walked out. <laughs> John, that is an extraordinary story for many, many reasons, foremost of which is your impersonation. Second of all, is you know, you have this grouchy public persona as this, like, 
boring old man. Meanwhile, you're just out there living your best life, rocking out at Jeff Beck concerts internationally. I haven't had such a wild experience for years. So well done, you. Horrifying about Johnny Depp, not surprising at all. And yes, we do appear to be seeing it again with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Let me be the first to say I love Brad Pitt, as do many of us. He is extremely cool. He's wonderful to look at. Many of us have had close parasocial relationships with him since the good old days of Selman Louise, um, the one where he's on the horse. <laughs> that one. Yes. <laughs> Looking attractive. The one with the brothers. What is it called? <laughs> Legends oh, no of the idea. Horse. Yes, right. And also Brad Pitt seemed for a long time to be one of the only leading men in Hollywood who could do no wrong. You know, he was untouched by the Me Too scandal, not a hint of sexual impropriety around him. Now, retrospect a bit strange because he did famously break the heart of America's sweetheart, Jennifer Aniston, to go and marry Angelina Jolie. So he broke up his marriage. And even in that scenario, you might recall, it was Angelina Jolie who was demonized because Angelina Jolie has always been a bit weird. She wears vials of blood around her neck. She's bisexual or she's very pale, you know, all sorts of strange, strange behavior. Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie now separate in 2016. Everything seems cordial and discreet until it comes to fighting over their shared winery, John. And you know how awful that can get. Very relatable experience. Chateau Miraval <laughs> in France. That's always a sticking point in divorces. Good old vineyard. Now it comes out in court papers that on a plane trip, Brad Pitt got drunk, allegedly was aggressive towards Jolie, and also assaulted one or more of his children. It has been noticeable that... The children of the Jolie Pitt family, and there are many of them, have seemed to take Angelina Jolie's side since the split in 2016. They've really been showing up in public appearances for her and not him. This is now taken as evidence that she has, in some witchy fashion, poisoned the kids against Brad Pitt rather than the face value, which is perhaps that, you know, they had eyes about what was happening in that marriage and have simply sided with their mother. Regardless, that is a, a sideshow. Really, the point is that already, already people are coming out to say, to demonize Angelina Jolie in exactly the same way that happened with Amber Heard. Because it seems that there is a particular kind of cool actor guy, and that's a category into which both Johnny Depp and Brad Pitt falls, about which simply the fandom will not tolerate any possible hints of bad behavior, which is absurd, frankly, because we all know what the probabilities are in cases like this. Don't know what happened between them, but I do know that really as a society for us to sit by and allow Angelina Jolie to be just torn apart in the public sphere in the same way that happened to Amber Heard really should be unconscionable in 2022, four years after the introduction of the Me Too scandal supposedly ushered in a new era where women making claims against famous men would be taken seriously. I have yet to see that. Couldn't agree with you more, 100%. On a jollier note, it's um, sort of been around for a while that people look like their dogs, but there's new information about another aspect of people choosing their dogs. People are like their dogs in personality as well as appearance. This is a study just carried out by the British Kennel Club, which claims, or reveals rather, that often without realizing it, people gravitate towards and select dog breeds that they think have similar personalities to them. John, do you have a dog of identifiable breed? I have no dog of any breed at all. I have n- The last time I had a dog was before I moved to Cape Town 25 years ago, and that was a very, very, very recognizable and highly pedigreed Ridgeback. 
I, unfortunately, I don't have any information about what Ridgeback owning suggests other than perhaps wealth. So well done you. People who enjoy new experiences, lots of hobbies and taking risks, apparently are more likely to own whippets. Those who say they are positive and happy often have, come on, I bet you can guess this one. Cocker Spaniels. Golden Retrievers, ah, the happiest yeah. dogs of all. Owners who showed organizational skills and preferred to stick to the rules, this is a strange one, have miniature schnauzers. I'm not even sure I could pick a miniature schnauzer out of a police lineup. While people who rank the most highly on agreeableness and extroversion own Pomeranians. Staffies and Jack Russells tend to be owned by people who are very, very affectionate and trustworthy and apparently the new british king king charles himself has a little jack russell i did not know that john so what would be my dog the basset hound the bloodhound uh, definitely something with a sort of um how do i put this (laughs) put it any way you like rebecca after what you said about your wild social life everything's up for grabs now john but before that i think i would have gone with a dog with a slightly Tell me, say, drooping countenance. Ah. Not only did I go to Jeff Beck, I also went to Little Mass X. Take that. What? John. Take that. I have to go and put my mind back together, please. Yeah. I think you should own a bearded collie. I'm not sure why I think that. I just think you should. Matching beards. It works. There we go. Rebecca Davis, thank you very much indeed. We'll chat again next week.